Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beyond the Mat podcast, hosted by Emmanuel Clauser and Jared Rowan. A space for you to transcend your yoga beyond your mat and into your life. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. Hey, guys. Happy Thursday. Ah, another <sighs> another day in the life. <laughs> Collective sigh. Yeah. Just feeling not the winter blues, but just the winter months. We totally get it. Yeah. Um, it's been a little groundhog day-ish over here. Same thing over and over, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I came home the other day and my roommate was like, huh, what day is it today? She goes, we do this every day where it's like you go to work very early you come back midday. I'm sitting on my computer. We have lunch together. I go back to the studio. She goes, it's just like over and over and over again where I've just kind of yeah. lost track. <laughs> and I think this happens after the holiday and the new year. It's like all the stuff is over. Mm-hmm. Like you have Halloween, you have Thanksgiving, you have, you know, the holiday, you have New Year's. And then it's like, it's a little settles. Settles. And I think we just have to. Settle with it. I, I think agree. Talking before you, we logged on, like hibernating, resting, like, yeah, life is a little mundane sometimes. Be okay with that. I was going to say, as shocking as this might sound, I've been very much enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I've been doing my own thing. I'm very proud of the fact that I read an entire book because that's a goal of mine for this year that. is to read a book a month and I'm already done. Um, for January. This is going to come out early February, but I'm already done for January. And it's just been nice to be with myself and take a little bit of time. So if you're feeling that as well, know that you're not alone. No, oh my gosh, no. Um, and we brought a topic today that kind of comes from the Katona Yoga practice. Uh, so before we even kind of, we'll break it down a little bit. Uh, is for those of people who have listened to the pod kind of know that Katona Yoga is kind of a branch of Yengar Hatha Yoga and really blends traditional Chinese medicine, meeting with metaphor and storytelling and repetition and patterns and nature. So it's a lot of stuff together. But one of the tools they use, and this is really nice because I've been doing these workshops a little bit now, like the body is a house. Yes, you did a class in Annapolis, no? Yes, at um, Soul Society. Nice. Uh, And we're looking to do another Katona workshop. So exciting. And a different map. But one of the cool things about Katona Yoga is the practice comes with these maps, and which I've been so interested by. And one of the main maps that we use in the practice is the body as a house. And we'll definitely link it in the show notes. But the body of a house, when you look at it, can be very overwhelming. Uh, the actual <laughs> map, it's like numbers and floors and there's nine rooms and all these things. But we're going to really break it down on an elementary level, like an intro to the body as a house rather than like a, a deep dive. Mm-hmm. But one of the things with the body as a house in Katona Yoga, you use maps to guide you in life changes on your mat and off off your mat 
So the the, the body as a house is the one of the maps that we use for change, habit change and goal attainment uh, and looking at your own proclivities and your own tendencies and exploring them a bit. So the body body as a house breaks it down. There are three floors and that's where we're going to leave it today rather than going into the nine rooms. Right. That makes sense. And if you remember to the episode that we did with Abby, when she was talking about my move to Miami, she was like, did you map out your move? And she talked a little bit about the body as a house and how to navigate through those different layers of the self. So if you haven't listened to that, listen to this one and then go back and you can kind of see how that resonates with a very specific example. Yes. And I love that. Um, but for today's, you know, pod, mm-hmm. you know, breaking it down into just the three floors. Yep. And then if you have questions, you know, definitely reach out to me or, you know, Google and, and all this stuff and go back to listen to that earlier Abby pod. And then even Mary Jane and Felipe's pods probably on season one might have some layers of of Katona and some of the bodies of house, some of the metaphors. Mm-hmm. We check those out. But for um, simplicity today, we broke it down into the three floors. And really, the three floors are the bottom floor in a house is all about stability. Your middle floor is all about your ability, the techniques and tools in your scholastic nature. And then your top floor is your visions, your dreams, and your thoughts. So I thought a nice intro might be before we even jump into the body as a house, like in traditional yoga, I'm mean, Emmanuel, I'm going to put you on the spot. As I Let's do it. Um, how do you see this metaphor showing up in your opinion, in your interpretation of this, this stability, ability and vision or thoughts like bottom, middle, top? Like, how do you see this? And of course, there's no wrong answer, right? Because it's your. My interpretation. Yeah. I think it shows up in the practice in that same order and you can consider it works for both you can consider the practice as just the asana practice or the practice as the journey through yoga as a lived experience whether it be on your mat or in your life i think that the first thing that we do is to find stability it's very hard to explore our abilities if we feel unsteady mm-hmm. and that goes for life but also if if you think about a pose a yoga pose i always tell my students we build the shapes from the ground up because we establish the points of contact on the floor so that we can feel stable we have a strong foundation i use these words when i teach asana and From that, as we move up, I said, then we move up the body. So if you think of warrior two, you consider your feet and the angle of your front knee and your hips and your tailbone, and you gently move up the body so that you can build a shape and with a steady shape, then you can tap into your abilities. Mm -hmm. There's your ability to break. There's your ability to challenge yourself and you know, you can add some variations or different things into the practice. And just like in your life, if you think about, I like to use personal examples. I moved to Miami. 
Okay. Right. We all know this at this point. It took me a while to get stable. And I've said this without any shame. When I first came out to Miami, a lot of the classes that I was delivering or what I was doing wasn't necessarily my best teaching ever. I wasn't really working on my ability to be a good teacher. I was just looking to get stable. And that's not to say that I was teaching bad classes or I was doing bad work, but the most important part was to build my foundation to ground myself to arrive. And sometimes you're like, well, you're in Miami, you've arrived. No, like it takes a moment to arrive fully. And for the past couple months, I want to say since the fall, I've been really able to work on my ability and to develop myself and to use different tools and techniques. And I think that has shown in how I teach. I feel more at home in my teaching because now I'm steady and I can work on that. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, what's next? What's my visions for what's next? What What's a dream that I have? What's something that I could bring into, into action or manifest? Yeah. And it's also, um, I forgot to put this in the show notes, but it's what insights have I had along the way? Yeah. That's also a top floor thing, which I'm sure you've had a ton of insights about yourself, about what you want, about what you don't want, about what's worked, what hasn't worked. Sure, there's a ton. It's so many insights. Yeah. And that's like similar. That's similar to the pose. Like if a a pose, like you just said, has all three floors, like a pose has stability. Because if you think of any pose, you need that to achieve it. And the ability is practicing it and using, like you said, getting good at it or doing different variations or whatever. And then your top floor experience is like, what insight did you have from that? And that's, you know, that's really cool because you have major insights. Um, when you achieve, I know like people that aren't the, aren't maybe into yoga, but they're listening for the self-help piece know that that's a pretty powerful tool. Like when you achieve something in a yoga class, it's more than you just achieved a pose. Always, so, you know, so I think for some people they look at it as like a form of exercise or like stretchy one time, believe it or not, somebody told me they were trying to insult me years ago. And my, my husband will know about this. Um, <laughs> we we're out to dinner with another couple and they didn't know I was also a psychotherapist. So the guy was, he was dating a friend of ours and we really didn't like him. He was from Florida, by the way, but no shade, but he was really rude and whatever. So after the fact, he sent me a text message and it said something along the lines of, you know what, go teach people how to stretch. (gasps) And I was just like, that's really uneducated, right? Like there's a level of ignorance to that. Yes. Um, It's, Yoga is more than teaching people how to stretch. When people achieve a pose, they might have improved self-esteem. They might feel that if they put hard work into a habit outside of the yoga room, that they can make change too. It might be a moment of feeling good about yourself. Like there is so much when we talk about the metaphors in the room and out of the room, the yoga itself is a vehicle for, don't you think, for personal growth outside of the room? Yes. Hugely. Absolutely. And I think the way that I teach, 
is that I always encourage people to think, you know, we do things on a smaller scale here. We practice getting inside because that's what we're talking about. But whatever we practice in this room, we do it. And I call it a dress rehearsal for life because life is our true practice. And so right. we go into the room and we put ourselves in those situation where we have to create stability. We by default, work on our ability. And over time, we consider insight. And we do that within the hour time frame and within the physical asana practice so that it becomes a way that we live our life. Right. And we have a chance as do it at doing that outside the room. When we navigate other situations that require the same kind of Technique. Oh, I love it. And yeah, navigation, such a good word, by the way. You know, it teaches you how to steer life, right? Like I think Felipe told me something along the lines of like, um look, yoga doesn't make your life better. It makes you better at handling life. Yes. And I just love that quote because it is a toller technique to help you along the way. Um so that was a good good thing that you had brought up. Um, and the body is the house to to so that was a great intro of like how it shows up in the yoga room in modern time. The body is the house also has a physical component. So for those of you that that click on the document, you'll see that the bottom floor is kind of your bottom half of your body, like your down from your hips all the way to your toes. So that really does represent a form of stability. Your bottom half is kind of what keeps you stable. Most of us, most of us have, you know, walk with two feet, mm-hmm. uh, um, right? Um, but to be sensitive about, not everybody does. Uh, I understand. Yeah. Uh, and then the second floor is really your torso, your chest, your right and left arm. It And this all makes so much sense. It's the hands that you hold your loved one with it can be an ability there it's also the hand that you make deals with in the world so that's a totally different layer of the the ability section of your house both are important but people often say you don't want to make deals with your heart you want to make deals that are free kind of like emotionally processed and then you have your top floor which is your head so it has your right eye, your left eye, and your third eye. And this is the world, or this is the floor through which you see things and you think about things and you have insight and you learn about yourself. So it's important to know there's a physical overlay. And what Katonia mm-hmm. believes is that you can look at your body with this overlay and notice where not your defaulting. But notice maybe where there's some fatigue or maybe you favor one of these floors physically uh, and they will tell you the body can't lie. So if you're someone who is is bottom floor, like let's say um, you're, when, when you sit, your chest is really forward. They might say you have a really strong second floor. Uh, let's say your hips are really pushed back. They might say, wow, you have a really strong bottom floor. You know, if you're leaning forward or no, if you're centered, let's say with your head, they may say you have a really strong top floor. So it can show up physically, which I really love. And it's 
open for interpretation. So when we do like the body readings, which I've been practicing and doing, you get to see how it physically shows up and see if it it meets your habits and your psychology your psychology. Do you, does that think you make sense to you like the physical overlay and how that can even be used as information? Yes, it totally makes sense because everything that has an energetic component, if you will, mm-hmm. is also observable in the physical body because it's a whole. We're right. a whole. Love that. And that can be in the, and I won't get into all the other metaphors that exist, but the body is house also has all seven chakras in it Mm -hmm. and it overlays to a bunch of stuff that we already use. Uh, But even, were you going to say something? Yeah. And I was going to say the body, I very much agree with the sentence that you said, the body doesn't lie because the body is a direct reflection of our energy, how we're feeling what's going on. It never does lie. And it doesn't matter. Not that it doesn't matter, but there are many maps to read the body. And I just think that that's such an interesting topic that we're talking about to bring awareness because sometimes we, not we tend to get stuck, but the yoga nowadays is very physical. And the physical body, looking at it in terms of like the skeleton and the muscles and the nerves and the glands and all that. Those are maps. Those are maps that we look at in the same way that the body as a house is a map, that the chakras and the koshas and the values, those are all different maps to observe the same terrain in different layers of it. So it's almost like you have a map of Ocean City. One is just going to show, I don't know, the bodies of water. Right. Okay. It is still Ocean City, but it's showing you the bodies of water. And then one is just going to show the roads. Well, that's great. And one is going to show the topography. It's all the same spot, but it's different layers of looking at it. And the physical body has all those layers. And this is a really nice map to use to consider your body and what it is showing to you. Yeah, I love it. Uh, And yeah, that's so great. And I think that's the physical piece. And then the piece that people are probably really interested in will go through. And definitely this is where you'll probably have some some insights and feedback is, okay, physically, I get it. More of the psychological components of it, meaning like, what if I am someone who, and we're going to break it down really simplistically, but we're going to look at it like it, if each floor is your best floor, that tends to mean you also have a quote unquote floor that needs potentiated mm-hmm. one or more. So if we talk at a, talk about bottom floor is super stable, grounded people, let's say that's your best floor. Middle floor people are really scholastic. They're type A people. They are learners. They go, go, go. They can do a lot. That would be your best floor. And then you have the dreamers, the intellectuals, that is your top floor. And the idea is really not to have a best floor, but to be able to transverse all three floors. Which one's your best floor? Oh, my goodness. So it changes. Um, My initial used to be like, oh, I'm totally a bottom floor person is like, but I don't think that is so much me anymore. I think I'm a bit. I'm stuck between middle and top. I don't know which one I'm teetering towards. 
uh, I dream a lot, but I do keep, I don't, I'm not really delusional. (laughs) It doesn't, I think probably best floor is my second floor. Okay. But my hips will tell you it's my bottom floor. So I think it's probably my bottom floor because the body doesn't lie. So I'm really good at, it won't appear that way to maybe to some, but to the stability, the groundedness, the digging my heels in. Um, what about you? Before we we give people some tips or insights. Oh, I'm a middle floor girl all the yeah. way. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. Uh, which the cool thing is, so if you're a bottom floor person, this just means you, again, it, again, you can transverse all, all three floors because guess what? Staircases in houses. So all you got to do is walk Sometimes up elevators. Elevators. <laughs> um, but if you're a really grounded person, I think you you and I can talk a little bit about this. There are pros and cons to that. So if you're really good in your foundation, what do you think pros and cons to being like bottom floor is your best floor? Well, being grounded is, to me, is a sense of security. Mm-hmm. And having that for yourself is so meaningful that you feel secure, you feel safe and that you have a place to land. Yes. You know, that's what it means to me personally. And that's a plus for sure. It probably makes for more level minded people. If I had to say, because I feel if you have your feet anchored into the ground yeah. and you're steady, you're prepared. probably, yeah, you're prepared, you're ready. And I, I would say there's probably also like a clear communication because there's a clear, you know, vision. Yeah. Um, that's so good. There's clear communication. There's clear vision. Those people are usually calm people. Yeah. And if I think of what's maybe a downfall of that, you know, he can get a little, a little too comfortable. Too complacent. People yeah. can maybe not put in the efforts to get the things they want. Because if you're so grounded, you never leave the first floor. You never get to the top floor to, to achieve a dream. Right. To stay where it's safe. Mm-hmm. So for bottom floor people, it's really good to work on your ability and your vision qualities. And, and you can do that physically through targeting that center of the body like maybe in your practice or just your awareness or you can do it habit change right get, be more of an outgoing person the wind's blowing in your hair it's like, i know it's like uh, i'm gonna close the window because i don't i hope you can't hear it in the mic but oh yeah 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 uh but i think that that gives you the ability to then work on your social game work on your dreaming game whatever it is and then you have your middle floor people your ability people, your people that are really stepping out into the world and making connections and the doers of the world. What do you think, again, the 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 pluses and then the pitfalls of those styles of people may be? Well, if I speak for myself, because I yeah. feel like yeah. I can speak for from experience, it gives a lot of drive. So there's a lot of potential to get things done, to move things forward. There's a willingness to try things as well. 
and to not be so worried about whether or not it's going to pan out because there's less of a need for stability. You know, and I, at least that's what I, I find is like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out because whatever. If I have to move again, I have to move again. I move 20 million okay. times. I'll, you know are, what I mean? They are adaptable usually and can assimilate. Right. So I guess those are better words to say what I'm trying to say, <laughs> but yes. Um, and the pitfall of that is that it's a little flighty mm-hmm. or it could be disorganized or lacking a direction or failing to prioritize and it can also be very tiring yeah and those are the people uh i'm generalizing but we would say they're sometimes too effortful or have the tendency to be too effortful that they don't always enjoy the fruits of their labor Mm -hmm. so there's like not that moment of like "Ah, i did a thing because they're always going 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 right like so uh, that's awesome. And then the last one really is top floor people, which are our dreamers, our insightful people who are our examiners and our analytical minds. What would you say again, we're going for people that are top floor heavy that again, the, the advantages and the disadvantage, the obvious ones there, you think? I think an, an advantage of that is it can it guides people in the in the right direction because if i'm thinking about someone that is steady and and loves to be in the bottom floor they might be just comfortable and oftentimes people that are in the middle floor they get into the doing and then you kind of forget what you're doing like what's the bigger picture you're just doing right. doing 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 and so to me the dreamers are like hey look at what we can create Possibly. and, and yeah. invite people into the bigger picture. Oh, I love that. But also it makes me think of if if we think in terms of like the doshas, like fata people, like so yeah. flighty. And I have people in mind like that where it's lovely that you can live your life like that, but it drives me off the wall. Just yeah. kind of always lost yeah. in a bit, like just not present. Yeah. That's so, um, so interesting because you could overlay the doshas. You could also overlay, um, oh my God, the Zodiac on here by element. It would be your air signs that are, mm-hmm. that are and even your Pisces people would be in the top floor, you know? So it's, it's so neat that, that you spoke to like, yeah, this would be more Vada people if people are familiar with Ayurveda. And then bottom floor is going to be your Kapha people and then and the, is your middle floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think what you spoke to it really well. Yeah, they can get lost in the sauce. They can, <laughs> too, they can be too dreamy, and then it's like they never pin anything to the board. Yeah, like they they it doesn't manifest. It's like mm-hmm. people only believe in the law of manifestation, but are like, but I'm not going to do anything to get it. I'm just going to believe it's going to happen. It's not how it works. Not how it works. <laughs> so then the 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 question is, well, what can people do with this information? And what I really love is what when you know what your strong floor is or what your weak floor is, that's plenty of information. That's enough. Yeah. Meaning, I mean, right? Like once you know that, can't you take that information and mediate it, I guess would be the best word. Yes. And you can use it as 
the same way you'd use any other tool of map to observe yourself as you go through your life and say, okay, this is my natural tendency. Is this serving me? Is this not serving me? And it doesn't have to be that you have to change. It could be like, oh, this is how I responded to this. It makes sense for me. And maybe it does serve, but maybe it doesn't. And it's having the willingness to say, oh, let me use this as a tool and see how that works for me. It is quite interesting. I know. It's really neat. Uh, Self-awareness. We've talked about that a lot on here, but over the, the two years, but it's like really a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Just being able to look and go, what floor am I, you know, and then what you choose to do with that information is up to you. Like you said, if you feel you're good with staying wherever you're at and the body is out, then cool. But if you're feeling out of control, then think about how you can maybe gain some skills in another floor. For me, and I try to like, you know, I I reflect, Emmanuel, on a lot of like the it's Alyssa pops into my head who did the Reiki <laughs> trainings. Yeah. And one of the thing she said to me was you, this was like four, almost four years ago, by the way, where it was 2019. Um, that feels like not that long ago, but she said to me, you talk the talk, but don't walk the walk. And that has really been coming back to me last year in mm-hmm. meditation and stuff. And I'm really feeling it. Like, it's like, you're saying to these people, like, use these yoga tools, you're giving the tools away, but are you using any of them? Mm -hmm. And more recently, I have been trying, I'm like sitting in like, okay, I taught a class on effort and and ease or effort and grace. Where am I falling right now? Yeah, and I self identified it. And I'm like, you're more in the effortful part of the month. What do you need? And like I told you before we logged on? Yeah. Thing is happening this weekend. I am doing nothing. That Good. is giving myself grace. You know, having the piece of carrot cake is giving myself grace. Yes. So that is a powerful place for people to be. Like you get to choose what to do with this information. Mm-hmm. I discarded it throughout my life. I'm sure you have too in different forms. And then other times I've really utilized information to to mediate myself if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I think too, it's a journey up and down the stairs. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, we're not meant to stay in the same floor all the time. And I, I believe that given the events or where we are in our life, we'll go up and down and that's how we move forward. If you think about it, you start in a stable place, you work your ability, you create a vision, you accomplish that, and then you start again. Then you make yourself stable again, and then you work on a new technique or ability or skill, and you create a new vision, and then you move forward and you go again. And sometimes you don't quite get there, so you take the steps back downstairs and you say, hmm, let me readjust, let me rework on this, let me reground, and you go again. And it doesn't have to be in a perfect circle all the time. But it also, I don't think that we're meant to stay in the same spot all the time. And that's a really great way to end it, I think, with what you said, is realizing that it isn't a linear process. Like, And if people can embrace that concept, that you're going to have to keep going up and down stairs all of your life, don't find that exhausting. Find that insightful. And then I know it's so cliche, but like, enjoy the journey and the process along the way. Mm-hmm. And definitely enjoy the moment where you get to the top floor and you look out and it's all stardust and all of it happens and 
like please enjoy that because it will happen all over again but the the trucking up the steps won't be the only direction you'll go forever no down so I, I love that you kind of brought that around I think that's a great way to to tie it up yeah and one more thing that I want to point out I'll put the map of the body as a house in the show notes. I will also put Jared's website. So most of you probably already have that, but he, as he said, is leading some Katona inspired workshops. So if you enjoyed this and you want to learn more, I highly recommend checking him out and his offerings. Even the classes in Ocean City are like rooted in the Katona mm-hmm. philosophy. So you could get some of that there. So I'll put that in the show notes as well. And we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Don't burn your house down. Don't burn the house down. (laughs) Bye. Bye.